This is Valley Views, our weekly conversation with influential and interesting folks from around the Wet Mountain Valley. Today on Valley Views, we have the pleasure of visiting with Steve Gunnels, who's a local resident and a mechanical engineer who's worked on some of the largest optical telescopes in the world, and that's going to be the focus. Steve, welcome to the program. Thank you, Gary. Glad to be here. I always have to ask, how did you find this place? How did you end up with a house in... Uh, in Westcliff. Literally at the end of the road, because I've right. been there. <laughs> right. Uh, so I was uh, just starting my consulting engineering business in uh, 1984 and had a client in Santa Barbara. And I was going over there for a few days of meetings and said to my wife, why don't you join me? That's a, We lived in California at the time. That's a nice place to spend a few days. So she did. And when I got back to the motel that first evening, what would you do today, today, dear? And she said she'd read the local Santa Barbara newspaper and saw an interesting ad for property in Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> and so the next summer we were going to be coming back here, actually flying our airplane to northwest Kansas to a family reunion and I said let's stop in Westcliff and see what it's all about and we ended up buying property there and that was in 1990 and uh, 15 years ago we decided to move here and build a house and here we are. Everybody has an interesting story about finding this place I know. Now several months ago you gave a talk over at uh, Rancher's Roost. It took you well over an hour. You had uh, visual aids, you had uh, photographs, We've got 15 minutes, and it's all audio, so it's going to be an interesting thing. But it's a fascinating topic, so thanks for being here. Looking through a large telescope, you're looking deep into space back in time, uh, sort of. Give us a sense of the complexity of the universe, the number of stars, the number of galaxies. It boggles the mind. Right. Okay, so uh, when I took an astronomy class many years ago, so I'd understand more about what the, my customer, the astronomers, did for a living, I tried to focus on gaining some kind of an understanding of the complexity and size of the universe. So complexity I would define as uh, the number of stars in an average galaxy and the number of galaxies in the universe. So it turns out there are a few hundred billion stars in an average galaxy. Well, that's a very large number that's hard to visualize. So I've come up with a way of visualizing and describing that to people, and that is this. Most people have an idea what a BB is that you shoot from a BB gun, Mm -hmm. and a BB is a little over an eighth of an inch in diameter. So it turns out that uh, if you were to cup your hand as deeply as you can cup it and pour it full of BBs, that would be about a thousand babies you can hold in your hand. So how can we get to a few hundred billion and visualize that number, just the number of stars in an average galaxy? Well, it turns out that uh, most people uh, know what a tennis court looks like, how large a tennis court is. It turns out if you built a 10-foot high fence around a tennis court and filled that volume, chuck a block full to the top of the 10-foot high fence with BBs, it would take 25 of those tennis tennis courts with BBs filled 10 feet uh, high above the the court surface to represent 
a few hundred billion, 200 billion. And that's about how many stars there are in an average galaxy. And there's something like that number of galaxies in the universe. <laughs> so it's just an incredibly large number. That's quite a visual on right, that. Right. So uh, that's great. Now, what would you say about the size of the universe? Okay, the way I like to think of visual, trying to visualize the size of the universe, which in a way is even more mind-boggling, is this. Light has been traveling around the universe since it began, and all astronomers now pretty much are in full agreement that the universe began with the Big Bang, and they all agree pretty closely that it, the Big Bang happened 13.8 billion years ago. So if you look f through a large telescope at the night sky, at what looks like a dark area of the night sky, you will see many hundreds or thousands or millions of objects, stars and galaxies, because the, the large telescope has so much higher sensitivity than your eye does. And so if you look at the faintest objects uh, for the longest time through the largest telescopes, you're looking close to the edge of the universe, and light has been traveling from that object to the telescope for 13.8 billion years. And how fast does light travel? It's 186,000 miles per second. And a way to visualize that is if you were in space and you had a dimmer switch on the sun and you could turn the brightness of the sun down to where the earth was just glowing and someone had a flashlight or a very bright beam of light, say, at the equator, and you, turn, you aim that flashlight right around the circumference of the earth at the equator, the largest diameter, light would travel around the earth seven times in one second. <laughs> That's 186,000 miles per second. And light has been traveling from the dis most distant objects in the universe for 13.8 billion years at that velocity. That's massive. Yeah. <laughs> thanks. Thanks for that. Let's uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, telescopes. Okay. Where, what are a few of the largest telescopes in the world uh, okay, today? The, the largest existing, so we're talking about optical telescopes here, mm -hmm. and people uh, probably may not be aware of the difference in radio and optical telescopes. I might mention that radio telescopes work at, a, at radio wavelengths, which is a much longer wavelength than visible light, which optical telescopes work at. And so the the surface of the shape of the primary mirror in, a, in an optical telescope has to be much more precise than a radio telescope, about a million times or more precise. And so that's why there have always been very large radio telescopes, and only in fairly recent decades we're getting to build extremely large optical telescopes. Let's talk about one in particular that you worked on, the uh, the GMT, the Giant Magellan Telescope in Chile. Right. Um, how large is it? Uh, I understand its resolving power is 10 times greater than the Hubble telescope, which, which everyone knows uh, out in space that sends the fantastic photos back to us. Correct. Yeah. So GMT, so Hubble uh, has an aperture, the primary mirror, which is how you de define the size of a telescope. 
it has an aperture of about 2.5 meters. The aperture of the GMT is 25 meters. And so the re resolution or, or precision of, of objects that you can discern in the sky is, will be 10 times greater of, on, with GMT than it is for Hubble. But the other f feature of a, a telescope that we're interested in is sensitivity, and that is uh, determined by how much light it gathers, and that goes with the area of the aperture. So the area goes as the square, so GMT will have a hundred times the sensitivity of Hubble. These sorts of telescopes, you don't just put together in a few years. Right. How, how long from the, the initial planning to it being operational. How many years is that? Okay, I was the first person, uh, fortunately, to uh, start working seriously on engineering of the GMT, and that was the, the telescope structure and mechanical systems. I started on it 16 years ago. I retired four years ago, so I worked 12 years on it. We got it through what's called a preliminary design phase, and had a successful, we call it PDR review, and now they're continuing on with the detailed design and construction of the telescope, and it won't be completed for another at least 10 years, I suspect somewhat longer than that. So for this telescope, something like 25 to 30 years. <laughs> so you have to be a believer to work on these. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be beyond your time, actually. And what would the massive final cost be of such? This telescope currently has a budget of $1.5 billion. Okay. And because that's somewhat higher than it started out at $900 million, they're now, uh, all of the partners uh, previous, uh, up to this point have been universities and research institutions, about a dozen of them, and they have private funding from their donors, but now they're thinking they're going to have to convert this to a national project where money from NSF is included in the budget. Okay. And who were some of the original partners? Okay. The, uh, the partner I think of most is Carnegie Observatories because they've been my customer for many, many years. Uh, and uh, they uh, are essentially the pro have been the project manager for the project. The other second most important, pro maybe the most important, is University of Arizona because they have come up with a technology to make the mirrors for these telescopes uh, a very special technology that's very uh, impressive and precise and efficient. And so they're making the mirrors at the University of Arizona in this phenomenal shop uh, under, under and behind the football stadium at the University of Arizona in Tucson. <laughs> could, could somebody go see him doing this? Or yeah, is it, actually, is it yes. They have public tours. We, uh, I've been in there many times on business and for meetings, and I've arranged uh, uh, kind of small uh, private uh, tours for people, but they have public tours, and if you were to Google University of Arizona Mirror Lab, you would eventually get to, and tours, you would eventually find that there are public tours. I think it's Monday through Friday at 1 p.m., and they're about 90-minute tours and it's a fascinating thing to see and it's, I, I consider that it's one of man's great technical achievements making these mirrors. The, the tolerances are so tight. It's hard to imagine. Right. It is hard to imagine and I have a way of 
explaining to people that are not working in this field just how precise the surface of the mirror is. But it's a very long story yeah. we don't have time for today. And right? it's you did that at the at the presentation, and right. and it, it that is mind boggling. Now, planning and fabricating a mega telescope is uh, is a te- is truly a team effort. I know. What is your piece of the process? Okay, so I design the steel structure and mechanical systems. The structure is basically all uh, what we call mild steel. It's it's not high-strength steel because uh, mild steel, plain old ordinary steel, has the same stiffness as high-strength steels. And for the most part, a telescope is what we call a stiffness-critical structure and not a strength-critical structure. Mm-hmm. So I designed the steel structure and uh, some of the mechanical systems for the telescope, such as mirror covers that you can open and close. You open them, of course, to do an observation, but you keep them closed to protect the glass when the telescope is not observing. And you want to protect those mirrors (laughs) because they're... uh yeah, Super each expensive. The, right. So there are seven uh, primary mirror segments in GMT. Each of those mirror segments is 8.4 meters in diameter, which is 28 feet, and they w- each weigh 35,000 pounds. That ends up being a single piece of glass, 35,000 pounds and 28 feet in diameter. And there are seven of them in the telescope that define this very, very unbelievably precise parabolic surface to form good, to make good images of, of the objects they're observing. You know, 15 minutes goes pretty quickly, and we're right. running close to the time. Right. What, have, what have we missed? What, what, are the, what else would you like folks to well, know? Well, let me just give a few of the specifics about the telescope. Uh, so the total aperture is 25 meters or 80 feet in diameter. The existing largest optical telescope in the world has two 8.4-meter uh, mirrors in it. That's the l- Large Binocular Telescope in eastern Arizona. And so this telescope will be three and a half times the size of the LB. So a much, much bigger telescope, and the LBT is mighty impressive, believe me. So it has a, this telescope will have a rotating weight of 1,200 metric tons. That's about 3 million pounds. The budget, as I mentioned, is $1.5 billion. It'll be complete in another 10 years or so. It may become a national project, uh, meaning part of the funding would come from National Science Foundation. And... Uh, It will be located in Chile, which uh, our previous project, the Magellan Project, which was two 6.5-meter telescopes, have been in Chile doing science since 2000, and and we've sort of defined or discovered that that site in Chile, it's called Las Campanas Observatory, is possibly the best site for uh, ground-based astronomy in the world. Hmm. That's quite the project, and it must be very satisfying to be part of something as cutting-edge as this project. It certainly is. It's, uh, it's been a great honor and a great satisfaction in my career working with these astronomers who are so brilliant has is, uh, been a real special part of my career and experience, and uh, I'll never forget it. And uh, I sometimes go down to Chile and get to see the results of all that hard work and I get a great deal of satisfaction out of it. I hope they invite you uh, on the uh, 
opening day, I'm sure they'll have a ribbon cutting or right. some, For, something the, such. The, the term they use is first light. And first light. So first light is, uh, is a big event in, the, in an optical telescope. Steve, thanks for uh, stopping by and uh, telling us about uh, the GMT, the Giant Magellan Telescope, and uh, the size of the universe, etc. You bet. Enjoyed it. Thank you, Gary. We've been visiting with Steve Gunnels, who's a local resident and mechanical engineer, who's been part of the GMT, Giant Magellan Telescope Project, in, uh, in Chile. My name's Gary, and we'll see you next time on Valley Views. You've been listening to Valley Views on KLZR 91.7 FM. Valley Views airs Tuesdays and Thursdays at 7 a.m. and 4 p.m. and again on Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Send your ideas and comments to comments at klzr.org. Valley Views is produced by the volunteers of KLZR 91.7 FM. I'm walking on a rainbow with my feet on solid ground. 